Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And we are in the studio together, which is a rare development for us because usually we're doing this remotely. You're in the studio. I'm at home just because of schedules. But today it worked out. We're both hanging out in the crew studio in the fan offices. This is pretty great. It is pretty great, and I just wanted to point out, too, I mean, you sound crispy clear. You always sound crispy clear, (laughs) but this is the first time that we have done the actual podcast together in the same studio since COVID started. Yeah, over two years. I mean, literally since January, February of 2020, it has been over two years since we have actually been in the same studio doing the podcast together, and I got to say, I mean, I've seen you multiple times (laughs) since then, but it's great to see you. It's great to talk to you, Bo. It is good. Yeah, it's good to see you too, buddy. So we've we've got a lot to get to today. We're going to lay out a few things. We're going to talk about uh, plenty of Columbus Crew stuff. Uh, Before we do that, I never do this, and I always forget to, and I thought, let's start here today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe to it. If you already do that, perhaps leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. That helps out greatly with people finding it. And, of course, you could always, you know, share the show link that we tweet out every week at Bone and Beam United on Twitter. That's where we're the most active. I don't even know if we – I don't think we have an Instagram page or anything else. So we don't. uh, If you interact with Instagram – You can start – the listener, you can start an Instagram page if you'd like. (laughs) I don't. Start, I don't need to be on. One. I don't need to be on more social media than I, I, I am. It already takes up too much of my time. I'm. I'm with you on that, buddy. So you're saying no Bone and Beam United TikTok coming anytime soon from you? Unless you want to dance. Um, no, I think I'm neighbor good. Eric should start a TikTok. Neighbor Eric see. would be electric on he TikTok. Would, <laughs> he definitely would be. Um, all right, so we're going to announce a little bit of a, a different thing that we're going to start doing here because. Before we get into all the actual soccer stuff, a little little house cleaning on the show. Mm-hmm. Beam and I I'm have fired. I fired Beam, yeah. I, even though I've, it's not my job to fire him, and I don't even have the <laughs> a power to do that, but we did it anyway. Um, no, we have struggled a little bit with this podcast of trying to figure out what it is, right? Yeah. Because we, we, we have two things that we really like. I mean, number one thing we like is soccer, and we also like beer. That's a secondary thing. Yep. Shout out to our guys from Zaftig Italian Village. Mm-hmm. They are the official, you know, soccer bar of Bone and Beam United, but we come at soccer from different viewpoints. Beam comes at it more from watching English Premier League, being yep. a Manchester United fan. That is where a lot of your connection to soccer comes from. A lot of mine comes from the Columbus crew and MLS and that side of things. And we realize that there are people who listen to our podcast who really care about one of those things, but maybe they don't care about the other thing. Right. Right. Maybe you are big into world soccer and you love watching World Cup and Premier League and that's where you are, but you don't really watch MLS or you don't really, you know, you know about the crew. Maybe it's not your biggest thing. That's fine. Then we know there are a lot of people listen to us because we're in Columbus that love the crew, love MLS, or yep. at least pay attention to some MLS occasionally, but who really don't care as much about world soccer. So we thought, how do we 
wrangle that. And an idea occurred to us that maybe we should kind of split it up. So we're going to give this a shot for the next few months. If you hate it, tweet it. Yeah, let us know. If you like the idea, you hate the idea. We're thinking what we're going to do is every other week, we'll be focused on one of those things. So you basically get two podcasts in one when you subscribe to this podcast, right? So this week, we are going to do another crew-centric podcast. Mm -hmm. That's mostly what we're going to talk about today. Some MLS stuff thrown in there, too. Next week... There's Champions League matches. We'll get back into some of the stuff. And then so every two weeks, we're going to come back to the subject. If you're more of a world soccer fan, you'll hear that every two weeks. Now, we're going to try that at least through the end of the Premier League season and all the European seasons and see how that goes. Right. And if if you really like that and if people are digging that, then cool. If people are like, nah, we'd rather you just do like you used to, then we'll we'll ditch that and go back to it. We're flexible. But, you know, and obviously when the World Cup comes, you know where our focus is going to be. All those seasons will be paused anyway, so we'll be way, all too, on the World Cup. We have some pretty cool things planned for the World Cup. I'm excited about it, dude. Yeah. We 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 have some and big things with Zaptic Italian Village. We've been working pretty damn hard on this. I'm not gonna lie. We're trying, man. We've been we've had meetings. We've yep. been talking to people. We've got some some sponsorship involved. So we're we are excited to share more of that with you in the coming weeks and months. And we hope to see more of you. I'll tell you this too. And I did. I should have done this right at the start. Thank you to everyone who came out yes. and and was obviously you were there for the crew game, but everyone who stuck around and came out to the pub at lower.com field afterwards. It was so great to see everyone being right. I did not. Ex- I mean, I expected there to be some people hanging around. I, I expected thought- my wife to be there because she was at the game with me. Uh, and I expected neighbor Eric and his wife to be there because he told me before the game uh, that they were going to be there. That's really the only people I expected to come out. And hang yeah. Out. Yeah. And I and I I expected there would be people hanging around who might look at us and go, "What is? Oh, this is so annoying. Why are idiots. these guys here?" Yeah, but it was really heartwarming to see everyone out there, especially after the last couple of years we've had and everything else going on. It was so great to see everyone there and to see how excited people were to like be there. Obviously, you win a game like that; it's a pretty exciting atmosphere. But a lot of people came up to us and told us how much they're enjoying the show, and and that was truly uh, not something I was ready for or expected. So not that I think this show is bad. I just, you know, we, we talked to each other all week and we're like, that sound good. I guess it was fine. Sure. You know, it was really gratifying to meet everybody and get to see everyone out there. So thank you to everyone who came out. Hopefully we can do some more events like that sooner than later. Right, Beam? Yeah, it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever been involved in uh, in my time doing sports radio or any media in that capacity. Again, I mean, we've been doing this show now for four years uh, is what we've been doing. And I know uh, we've gotten better about taking our international breaks that sometimes extended like three months. Um, (laughs) But you know what? Our goal was when we started this, you know, it's going to be really cool. We don't get the avenue to really talk about soccer on our radio shows, right? Like we do it from time to time, but it's not really something that we focus on and we can really expand upon. And so when we started this show out bone, uh, it was just kind of an avenue for us to really, you know, chat about the game that we liked. And we thought, okay, cool. This is going to be uh, fantastic. Not really sure what's going to come of it. Uh, and then to you're right. I mean, be over at lower.com field at the pub after the game, uh, and to see everybody who said that they've in, they've enjoyed the, the local shows that we do on the fan, uh, and then they enjoy the podcast that we do. Like I, I never really thought that we would get to a place doing that, but I just had so much fun getting to interact and meet people uh, and everything. And again, I I think I've been pretty upfront with this about our entire time doing the show. Like you mentioned it, I'm more of the line of 
not really a Euro snob, but that's kind of it's kind of what what I no, do. I, yeah, I've been trying. I've been I've been attempting over the last couple of years to get you know the foot in the door. We're gonna jump into the pool of MLS uh, and talk some crew stuff. So no, I just um, again want to thank everybody to, that comes out uh, that did come out. Hopefully there's some more opportunities for us down the line to be able to do that. But uh, not one crew fan called me an idiot. So I, I feel like <laughs> you, that was yes, okay. You are not. And, and you know what I think it is too, is that's the whole idea behind calling the show bone and beam United. Yes. That's a play on like soccer names and all that stuff, but it's also because I have my perspective. You have your perspective and they are kind of two of the dominant perspectives in the U S right. You have the fans who watch, you know, more of the Europe stuff and don't pay as much attention to MLS and fans who care more about their local team but maybe don't know as much about like, you know, English soccer. So we've merged those two together and now we're finding a way to kind of make that work. So we, we hope that everybody will uh, continue to be with us on that. And by the way, if you want us to do more of these events, uh, you know, tweet at the crew, say, Hey, have Bone and Beam United come out. We'd love to be out there, man. Hell is real next year. Old Trafford tweet at Manchester United too. <laughs> yeah, so man, get that done. I, I, I say go right ahead. <laughs> tweet it, tweet it, whatever team you want us to go to. Yeah. I'd love to, travel to Europe and just hit all the big stadiums. Let's go to the San Siro. Let's, Let's go to Vancouver everything. for the turnaround game. I'm in for <laughs> I that. There's not a return leg. I don't think. Well, Although I would love to go to Vancouver. That's a nice, that's a nice stadium. Sounds lovely this time of the year. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Let's get into some of the stuff to talk about today. Uh, we'll talk about Zellerayon. Lucas Zellerayon got named to MLS team of the week. Deservedly. So he made it six times last year. Uh, not, not totally a surprise, right? But it took him a few weeks to get, into that mix last year, mm -hmm. first week out of the gate, you know, he's got a game that certainly deserved to be in there, but we were talking at the game. I mean, you could have made a case for quite a few guys getting MLS team of the week, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it was really fun too on Saturday, let alone going over there and experience a game over at lower.com field. And I would imagine the majority of the population that listens to this podcast, if they're in Columbus, they've gone over there and they've experienced it again. Uh, it's so jaw dropping for me. Every time I walk in that building, like, Oh my God, this is one of the best soccer stadiums in the country, maybe the world, like it's, it it's that good. Uh, and again, my, my jaw was on the floor, uh, but being able to experience a game with you, I mean, that's the first time we've ever watched a live soccer match together. Yeah. Um, so yeah. having your two girls there, that was fun interacting with them. Uh, you made me play babysitter for like 15 minutes. I thought I was going to have a heart attack, but anyways, uh, that was really fun. Had a, had a few beverages. We, we partook in a beverage together, which was a good time, uh, as well. But I mean, we just talked about expectations, right? Leading into the season, what this team's going to look like. And Frankie Hayduk, you know, God love him. And that was a fantastic conversation that we had with him uh, last week. When it boils down to brass tacks, this team is so talented, right? I mean, yes, you look at yes. the first 10 minutes of the game, like, all right, y'all, you both coming over from, coming over from Poland. Yep. Like what's, what's this, what's this guy about? Like you can read all the press clippings and everything. He's pacey. He's fast. He's got good control of the ball. He's aggressive. He's confident. And all these superlatives that you can attach to his name. That guy's remarkable. Oh, and that yeah. first ball that he put in across to Miguel Berry, I mean, again, we were sitting on the southeastern portion of the stadium right down uh, kind of the touchline. So we had a view, pretty good view of that ball whipping in. And, like, first 10 minutes of your Columbus crew career, that's the kind of ball, like, that's the kind of supply ball that you're going to play on. Yeah. I mean, it was tremendous. Miguel Berry gets off to a good start. I thought Milos had a fantastic game. <laughs> yeah, which I – I heard Seek on the broadcast because I went back and obviously watched the game again, and, and he was saying Milos Degnik, and yeah. I think I might have been getting it wrong because I've been calling him Dejnik. Me but, too. All right, Milos. All I know is another another game for Milos. Mm -hmm. I'm First all about it. First game for Milos. Yeah. I, love, uh, I do love Josh Williams too, and I think that you've got, you know, 
when all healthy. That's that's what I like to see, man. This team this year is going to have three center backs who have the quality to start and could be starting, right? You are going to have three defensive midfielders for two. Same there. You have two spots. You have three guys. Same with defensive midfield, right? Obviously, Nagby's not sitting on the bench. Arturo hopefully isn't going to be sitting on the bench a ton, but Aiden Morris is a guy that's not sitting on the bench for about anyone in MLS except this team. So, or maybe a couple others, but I mean, you've got talent, two spots, three guys that can fill that. That's what you're looking for. Competition on the wings. Obviously we know there's some thin spots at outside back, Mm -hmm. but overall I am excited for the potential this team has. And I am excited to see how they started off the season by taking a team that isn't as good a quality as them and doesn't have as much talent and showing that, Yes, we are the more talented team. I, four nothing, two nothing. Doesn't matter. That was a dominating performance. I don't care how many goals necessarily went in. You saw a dominating performance from the crew, and uh, we'll talk about this more in a little bit. But they have another chance to do that this weekend. They should. They should get off to a two and zero start. Looking at what I've seen from what San Jose's bringing to the table, they are they are not great. But one of my favorite moments from Saturday. Uh, obviously I, Jacob Myers did a great piece in the dispatch. If you haven't read it about our tour and oh, everything yeah. that he went through last year and just, you know, the mindset of being a professional athlete and having an injury like that and just everything that he went through on a personal level. Uh, and then for him to come in and put that performance in and one of the cool, ma- the, again, the cooler things that I thought happened is when he gets subbed off, he obviously gets a tremendous ovation uh, from crew fans. And then you sub off Aiden Morris. So you didn't really, I see at all last year i mean remember he got hurt and was it the first or second leg of that Concacaf champions league game it was, uh yeah it was the one that was here yeah it was the real Esteli game here i want to say and yeah he came out and instantly tore his acl yeah and, and it was horrible and so for those two guys to be swapped out for each other and i know we can break down as the season goes on and on about competition and who's going to get more minutes and you know Aiden oh, sure. returning to form and our tour returning to form i i did think it was a, a tremendous moment when our tour got substituted off great ovation and then when Aiden Morris came on for him uh, and what that meant for those two guys, even though it's only a single game, and I think Aiden only got 20 minutes and our tour got 70. I, I'm not sure of the actual timeline. Uh, I think it was that. 65 or 70. You're right. Yeah, and it was just, I don't know, really cool, man, because we always talk about athletes and, like, being in the spotlight and everything, and if you're not producing, then that's hard. But you, know, you see actual two human beings who went through so much to get back to that point. Yeah. And not only just to be on the field and be a guy – uh, to be as influential as they were, Artur especially, uh, in that opening match on Saturday, I thought it was tremendous. Yeah, it really was. And I don't know if you saw the video that I think the crew put up on like social media, Instagram, did, Twitter, yeah. where it was a close-up of Artur as the, uh, I think as the anthem yeah, was National going. Anthem, yeah. And he's like, his lips quivering. I mean, it you it meant a lot to that guy. Number one, just to be back on the field, but also to be in front of this crowd. I think he knows how much people in Columbus respect what he does, love what he does. And yeah, you know, that's a guy who I, I said this on Twitter. I think it's spot. I, I, well, I think it's spot on. Cause I said it, yeah, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> but I think that our tour, you don't have him in 2020. You don't win MLS cup. Yeah, I'm not percent. saying, I'm not saying he was the most valuable player on the team. I'm just saying you don't win a cup without a guy like that. I mean, he had a tremendous goal that was, you know, vital in their playoff run to get there. Right. Against new England. And then also goes on and plays one of the best shifts I've ever seen in MLS Cup with a rookie playing next to him. And Aiden Morris played great too, right? Yeah. But remember Nagby had to sit out because of COVID issues. Yeah. Artur was a, a just tremendous player. So really sucked how last year went for him and for Aiden Morris. 
great to hear the Nordeka chanting for Aiden Morris too when he came on. That was that was special. So yeah, this is this is what we talk about, man. This is what's fun about rooting for the crew and having that local team here is that connection you get to feel. That's just not something you get to feel as much, you know, like when I root for pro sports teams, right? I mean, yeah. I, my my, if you whether you're a Reds fan or an Indians fan, you live in Columbus, you might feel that connection some if you go to a lot of games. But well, it's now hard. baseball's dead, so there you go. Well, right there you go. As a Browns fan, I don't go up to Cleveland every week to watch these games. I watch a lot of them on TV. The fact that with the crew, it's like right here in your town. Yeah. Blue Jackets, right here in your town. 15-minute drive. There's a different connection that I think you develop when you're just in the city. And growing up in Columbus, not having that, not having a pro sports team up until you know high school when the crew came and then Jackets after that, it means a lot to me and I know to a lot of people here to have that connection. So very cool stuff. I know it means a lot to the fans of Cincinnati to have Kentucky FC playing in their city. But Ew. I got to tell you... I got to tell you, that connection is uh, getting tenuous at best because, yikes, they are awful. They lose 5 to nothing on the road to start off against Austin FC, which... Um, By the way, let me get a, a little perspective from you. Again, I'm not up to my P's and Q's when it comes to MLS teams and how it's going to shake out for a playoff spot. Uh, is Austin the best team in MLS? No. Okay. They're not expected to be... Okay. They're not expected to be very good. Now, it is possible Josh Wolf. Second-year coach, obviously, he was their coach the year they debuted, right? So he is expected to get more out of this team, and he is expected to be one of the better soccer minds because he's a he's a very good former player and, and does know what he's doing a little bit. I hate the fact that Austin is <laughs> – I hate the fact that they did okay in this game. I would have rather this game been 0-0 or negative-negative mm-hmm. if there was a way for that to happen, but – Regardless of what I think of Austin FC, we just put all that aside because I think like most crew fans, I don't, I don't even want to deign them as a rival right now. You know, like they're not going to play this year. Sure. I, good. I hope I don't see them for a few years. I don't really, they don't need our shine. They don't need all the good coming from Columbus to build them up. You don't need, they don't deserve it. You know what I mean? That's where I am. It, eventually that rivalry will happen and it'll be a thing, but they don't deserve any of our good vibes and all the stuff Columbus has built over the last 27 years. They really don't need, let them build their own thing with yeah. Matthew McConaughey and they all that. Need, they don't need to be, you know, soul suckers of ours, right? They're a parasite. They'll any, like putting the crew and Austin FC and this, you know, first return that match is going to happen. That, that crowd is going to be hot when it happens. Let's put them aside for right now. Cause the rivalry we do have is with FC Cincinnati. And I say rivalry only in the sense of, there's a there's a battle for like, you know, this state of obviously knowing who the team is of Ohio. There's no doubt Columbus is the team that most of Ohio cares about. FC Cincinnati is the team of Kentucky. So enjoy your soccer team down there. But they got absolutely destroyed yeah. by a team that's probably going to be a bottom half Western Conference team. They got they are not Austin's not expected to be much this year. They got absolutely obliterated, man. I don't know what FC Cincinnati. I we talked we about them before that, the season we that they knew, were going to have some rough patches. We but, knew that this was going to happen. Well, you didn't know to that extent that it was going to happen. A five nil opening day. Uh, we know they're defeat. bad. We know they're bad. We didn't know they were going to be this bad. Right? <laughs> Embarrassing. It's pretty remarkable to look at this team through three years, the worst team in MLS all the past three years. Three mm-hmm. wooden spoons to go along with it. Not only the fact that you're staring down the barrel of a fourth straight. This may be the worst team out of them all. <laughs> well, right, because they transitive went, property they, bone. Well, they have had so. I mean, 
they they finally decided that Jeff Birding, the guy who helped to his credit, helped get there, get him get Cincinnati in a position to have an MLS team, yeah. right? So that's his that's his claim to fame. They finally got him out of the business of running the soccer day to day stuff because he's he was objectively horrible at it, and so. Now they bring in some people who actually know soccer Mm -hmm. and all the messaging has been, it's going to take a while for us to get this together. But I would assume even the most pessimistic FC Cincinnati fan would say it's going to take us a while to get it together, but, but holy shit, we're not going to lose five to nothing to Austin in our first game. This is, this is horrible, man. Like, and it's laughable and I enjoy laughing at FC Cincinnati and I will laugh at them. I, I hope they never, I hope they're not good for a hundred years. I hope the team folds. I don't want to, I mean, Jesus. whatever. I don't care. I don't care. No, man, that's how I am. You're my rival. I want utter domination. I want there to be no rival. I, I, I hate everyone. The crew play. I especially despise FC Cincinnati just because the FC Cincinnati fans, there was a moment where they thought, well, you know, if uh, the crew leave, I guess we'll be Ohio's team. And they mm-hmm. kind of started. To, yeah. Now there were a lot of FC Cincinnati fans who did not want to see the crew move and credit to them for that. But nah, man, I, I don't need to hear about how your uniforms are cool. Or your stadium's nicer or any of that stuff. I don't believe any of that. By the way, I like the uniforms the crew have. I like the stadium the crew have. You can have your stuff. Uh, we've got 27 years of history, tradition and championships and fun. You've got nothing. And I hope you never get anything. How about that? One of my favorite parts to come out of the weekend, too. Again, uh, you can head down to Zaftik Italian Village to get some of their homemade beer, uh, homebrew beer, which is tremendous. And yeah. we officially we endorse that. Uh, but on the brewery front, so Ryan, everybody's familiar with Ryan Geis, if you know craft, yeah. craft beer, right? Based I mean, out of Cincinnati. Based out of Cincinnati. Their tap room is only a few blo- blocks away from the Tickle down there. Yeah. Okay? The, um, yes, this so is their stadium. Right, very close to TQL. So if you've been following the crew... Uh, if you went to the home opener, you know that uh, Ryan Geis is now in the stadium for the crew, right? Cincinnati yeah. Brewery. Okay, that makes sense. They're a big brewery in the state. Um, so they are they're they have an endorsement with the crew, obviously, where they sell their beer at crew games. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all for, you know, sure. great, great beer options. Absolutely. And so what was amazing is that over the weekend, Ryan Geis, and I literally, I tried to find this on Twitter and it's now deleted. Uh, it's since deleted, I guess. And uh, they they said something along the lines of like the crew listed, you know, their sponsors and everything. And Ryan Geis tweeted out like, great to be in Columbus for soccer season. Uh, and apparently they also had a crew watch party. Uh, oh, they had a crew wow. watch party earlier wow. on Saturday uh, before the FC Cincinnati game kicked off against Austin. And Bold strategy, Cotton. And their fans were not happy about that. <laughs> not happy hey. that the flagship brewery of Cincinnati's come and spending some of their ad dollars here in the big, bad capital city of Ohio. It's almost like they know there are a lot of crew fans still in Cincinnati mm. who resisted the temptation of the shiny new toy, or they might be people who are from Columbus originally who just happen to live down in Cincinnati, sure. but whatever. There's still a lot of crew fans in the 513 and surrounding areas. We have no doubt of that. And it it you have you have a few more years like they've had the last few years. Yeah. You will see those numbers increase of people who just, you know, become more vocal, become a little more as uh Uncle Bo likes to say, become a little more chesty around those parts with their crew love, but 
Yeah, man, that is a, that is a really like, interesting. I'm literally development. scrolling through their Twitter account right now to try and try and find it, and I don't. I honestly don't know if they. Well, I think the I think tweet. they. I think probably their social media team was like, "Well, we're a sponsor, so why shouldn't we highlight that sponsorship?" And I get. I mean, look, they know if you're coming to Crew fans and pointing to Crew fans and saying, "Hi, we like your thing." Crew fans are gonna, you know, they need to know you're legit and you're genuine. But once that's established. They're going to be all in with you. They're going to love the fact that you're there, and they know crew fans are going to be at these games. So they're just trying to establish what they're doing and make sure that they're a part of the winning culture of soccer that's in Ohio. The tweet is still up, by the way. Okay, okay here it so is. I, I did just find it. The Columbus Dispatch posted an article. It said, new beer sponsor for Columbus crew at home games, Cincinnati's own Rheingeist. And then Rheingeist quotes the tweet, again, being from Cincinnati, blocks yeah. away from TQL Stadium, calling all crew fans, find us at your home games this season. Okay. This, but that's not even really that bad. But then but then to have the watch party at your brewery <laughs> on the same day that FC Cincinnati, and I know they posted that, and they had a great FC Cincinnati turnout for their game, whatever, down at their brewery. Um, that's pretty awesome. But by the way, I would argue, and I'm not a dollars and cents guy. I have no marketing or business bone in my body. You go to every bar, it seems like, down in that area, like there's going to be there's gonna be a Ryan guys tab. Of course. You would argue that ad dollars are better spent up here to try and expand your product than they are used down there. Cause everybody, yeah, everybody, are, it, it, no, from a business sense, it totally makes, uh, I understand why they're doing it. They, they would be better <laughs> from their fan bases standpoint. And from the, like, again, if, if you piss off all the reds and Bengals fans in Cincinnati, you got a problem, right? Their question remains. If you piss off all the FC Cincinnati fans, it's like that old saying, if a tree falls in a forest, but no one hears it, does anybody care? That's where we are. With Ryan Geis is looking at that and saying, well, I don't think there's enough FC Cincinnati fans to make a difference on this. The replies on this tweet are That's, just I, I'm sure too. online it looks bad, but they're saying, we don't care. We know Columbus supports good beer and likes good things, and we're going where the soccer fans are. We're a brand that appeals to soccer fans. We're going there. I don't blame them at all. FC Cincinnati, be better. Be louder. Be more vocal. Maybe they'll uh, hear you, but... Right now, they're saying we know where the money is, and it's up in Columbus. It ain't down here. <laughs> I thought that was love great. It. I, I, I love just, it. I thought I had to bring that up. Well, I'm glad you did, because you know as much as we love soccer, we love beer, mm-hmm. we love Zaftig Italian Village, and by the way, we talk all the time about going there and watching games. You go there to watch your Red Devils, yep. but there's a lot of black and gold you can go watch there, too, so keep that in mind. Rumor as of has course, it uh, this Saturday weekend. evening that they will be playing the game with sound, and if oh. that doesn't happen, then... Mm. Uh, We'll have to strong arm some people to get the sound on. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna see what I can do. I'm gonna try. I need. Oh. I've been. I have been. Oh. I I have been to Zaftig Italian Village and I had a good time when I went there. Went with a buddy of mine, John Lavelle, who you see uh, out in front of the Nordeca. He's one of the leaders there. That's down there with the bullhorn. We went there, had a nice little you know dinner and some beers, and yeah, always enjoy going there. But yeah, I'm gonna try and make it out there this weekend because. I need a place to watch the game, and I think that'd be a lot of fun. So hopefully I'll get there. Uh, we'll take a break. You'll hear more about our friends at Zaftik. And then when we come back, we'll preview up the team the crew are playing this weekend, San Jose Earthquakes. Not off to the best start in their MLS season. We'll discuss it next. It's Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. Before we get into some of the San Jose preview, I did see this story sticking in MLS for a second. Houston Dynamo get Hector Herrera from Atletico Madrid. That's that's kind of a big deal. 
Uh, he, of course, 31 years old, Mexican international who, you know, is is going to be on a free transfer, believe it or not, when his contract expires with Atletico in the summer. He's not going to be playing yet. He's going to wait out until the contract ends and obviously will come on. But he's already agreed to come over here, which is fairly interesting. And that's in a World Cup year, too. So uh, a big deal for Houston. And that's former crew, you know, front office man and, and goalkeeper coach and also a guy who uh, played goalkeeper for many years in Houston, Pat Onstead, now the GM at Houston, making that deal happen. So kind of interesting. I just like the idea of seeing big-time stars from around the world coming to MLS, not as old as they used to, not like at 38, now they're going to do this, right? I mean, it's not not like Thierry Henry coming over anymore and David Beckham at the end of their primes. It's a little earlier than that, and you like to see that. Well, good news for MLS fans. You uh, might soon be seeing Neymar uh, at a stadium near <laughs> you because – uh, one of, I guess, his big selling points for coming over here is that these guys play a short season. They have like three or four months off, so I'll get more vacation. Oh, yeah. So- <laughs> I, I saw Don Garber slash Dong Arbor, not yeah. a big fan of that. He did not like those comments and verbally disagreed with them. So <laughs> whatever, Don. Oh, That's and I'm good. sure you'll you know, kiss his feet upon arrival. Of in MLS course he will. He's like, well, this is not a vacation league. We <laughs> Neymar, if Neymar said tomorrow, I'm coming over here, but I don't want to play till September, they'd let him do it. Of they course. Wouldn't even, what are we talking about? It's so stupid. All right, anyway, good for you, Houston. That's an interesting signing. We'll How keep an eye on that as the Mexican national team, you think? I mean, good or bad news for him that he's leaving a premier club to come over and play in MLS? Like, I don't know. How does that work in for you? I mean, I th- I tend to think that he wouldn't be doing this unless he thought it would be something. Like, if he if he didn't have assurances that, you know, you're, you're going to be evaluated the same way. Yeah. I guess that's where I come back to this is he probably felt like maybe his role would be changing with Madrid. Maybe he's going to have to pick somewhere else anyway. It sounds like he probably decided, I don't want to be there anymore anyway. It's going to be a shame when they get knocked out in two weeks' time against United in the Champions League, too. (laughs) There you go. Well, that's what I'm saying. You will get to watch future Houston Dynamo player Hector Herrera (laughs) possibly getting in that game and doing something. I'm just saying it's very interesting, and and I I like to see that for as a longtime MLS fan. it's, It's cool to see some of those guys coming through and, you know, Keep an eye out when, you know, you go watch a game, see him. He will be a draw. People will buy tickets sure. just to watch him play. And I think that's it's ultimately a good thing for MLS. All right, let's talk about San Jose. They lost their uh, opener. It was a home opener, too. That was at PayPal Park, which is their stadium. Okay. Uh, they lost to the New York Red Bulls 3-1. to one. Gerhard Struber running things there in New York. Now. Hans Gruber. That's right. Anyway, they uh, they... New York was sitting back in this game because I did go watch. I watched highlights. I did not watch the entire game. Okay. But from what I could gather and from like reading a little bit afterwards and looking at the match report and some of that stuff, basically New York was, they have been for many years, New York's been this team that likes to press and likes to play high and likes to be really aggressive. The Guggen press? Yeah. A little bit of the Guggen press. You know it. You love mm-hmm. it. Manchester United boy. But no, instead they were saying, we're not going to do that. We're going to let Matias Almeida's side, San Jose's coach, we're going to let them have a little bit more of the ball and see what they do. And it's weird because, I mean, A, that worked. They absorbed the pressure. They were able to counter very brilliantly. They play well through the middle, New York does, mm-hmm. which, uh, hey, newsflash. Yeah. <laughs> so does this team in black and gold for what it's worth. But Matias Almeida, after the game, San Jose's coach, they lose 3-1 in this game. He's talking to the media. He said, one thing we knew we didn't want to do. We didn't want to, you know, they pressed so well, so we didn't want to, you know, 
have to deal with that. And we didn't want to play through the middle because once they turn you over, that's where they really get you. And and yet, New York wasn't pressing that much in this game. They weren't playing as high as they usually do. That's actually a bit of a change they've made in the offseason. I, I don't I don't look at the San Jose team. They have skill. They brought in some talented players. They brought in just this offseason uh Yamiro Montero, who's one of the guys who uh is a, you know, he's a designated player for them. Jamiro Montero has played in MLS for the last few years. He is a talented player. He didn't get a ton of the ball. He didn't get to do a lot of things in that game last week. The other problem for San Jose that they have, they lost Nathan, Brazilian defender that they have, who was like 26 Mm -hmm. and was one of their centerpiece guys. They lost him to a torn meniscus. He's out till May in this game. And when he went out, things looked a lot worse for San Jose defensively. I will tell you this. New York had no problems getting offensive chances. They ge- they generated a ton of chances. It looked a lot like one-way traffic that we saw at the LDC this past weekend. I know it's on the road. I know you typically want to, you know, try to average the one point on the road and three at home, but I, I don't think anybody in black and gold should be sitting back in this game. I mean, tactically, you might do that, but... You, you need to be fully expecting to go in there and take three points. This is not a good San Jose team. They have some quality players. They are totally discombobulated as a tactical side right now. They have Almeida's like trying to redo everything that he's done for years, and it has not worked so far. It did not look good this past weekend. Uh, I will just say this. Um, haven't done my homework on San Jose. I'll That's get okay. to that point on That's Saturday. Fine. That's, That's what okay. we have you for. That's okay. Um, but I'll say if it's any resemblance to what the crew did in the midfield on Saturday – uh, against Vancouver. I mean, at one time I'm sitting there in the stadium talking to my wife and I'm like, what's the possession right now? Like, it seems like it's 80 to 20. Uh, the crew are in favor of this possession. Yeah. You actually, you end up you looking at, you know, obviously the stats afterwards. And I think it was 53, 47, the crew won the possession battle, but uh, it didn't it certainly didn't feel uh, like it was that close. And so everything that we talked about expectations heading into the season, you got Nagby, you got our tour, uh, you p- perhaps got Morris coming off the bench. And I think it'll be fascinating to see how Caleb kind of balances that out uh, as we get into the teeth of the season. But what I'm sa- what I'm trying to read here is you're breaking this down, talking about their problems. Yeah. Uh, New York controls the ball. Well, Columbus, we control the ball pretty well. Did that against Vancouver. If they have trouble, uh, defending the ball in the midfield, then I think, again, it's going to be another long day for San Jose. At least that's what I'm reading from you, yeah, yeah. the way it's, that you're explaining that ba- to me. Basically, it's this, right? I mean, you've got you've got some young players there that are talented. They've got this Cade Cowell who last year, he kind of broke out a little bit. He got a call up to the national team. He's 18 years old. He just signed wow. a contract extension for four more years to stay there. Cool. They like him. They think he's a good talent and he's, he's kind of quick and can do some things. He really had like, he had the ball and did some nice things, right? Like Montero had the ball, did some nice things, but they can't connect anything right now Mm -hmm. because Almeida, who used to be this brilliant tactician, the thought was when he came to MLS as a head coach, man, he's going to just revolutionize things. And he did. He had a, they made the playoffs, I think his first year there. And then it didn't go so or it, 2020. They made the playoffs. I think that was the second year last year. They were 10th. They were horrible. Chris Wondolowski was his final year. MLS legend. He, he, he's gone. So this year they decided to retool things. They're running a three, five, two. Like it's, it's a very different system they're trying to do. And nobody looks like they know how to play it right now. 
The crew, meanwhile, know their system, know exactly what everybody's role is. The guys who came in came here to play those roles. They are understanding of it. So, yeah, it's still early in the season. You're going to see some hiccups. But if the crew are not, like, dominating this game, I don't care about possession-wise. They may let San Jose have the ball more just to cause mistakes. Mm Mm-hmm but the crew should be able to generate chances and move the ball. So I'm going to go with like a three, I'll say a three, one scoreline. I'm going to say it's a, it's a big victory on the road for the crew again. And it doesn't mean the crew are going to do that every weekend. Yes, it does. Okay, fine. I'm just saying this, this San Jose team, if they come out and look like gangbusters against the crew, then I will be, I'll be wondering what happened between week one and week two. Was that just sandbagging from San Jose or not? But they do not look good right now. Oh, bold crew- strategy to sandbagging your home opener of the season. Like, <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know exactly what that strategy is going to get you in the long yeah. term of things. I mean, unless they just really tighten things up in a week and say, all right, let's go back to what we know and let's not keep it simple, stupid, that kind of stuff. Maybe that generates something, but the crew should be able to have the ball, play through the middle, get what they want. Zellerion should have a big game. Nagby should have a big game. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But speed gave them problems. Pace gave them problems last week from New York and that's what the crew have in in plenty of supply and again just going back to the game against Vancouver what we saw uh, Vancouver had a decent amount of the ball in the second half but you never felt like they could string anything together as well there were no legitimate scoring threats that the crew had to face like Aloy room for the first 60 minutes I don't even know if he moved (laughs) like I have no (laughs) clue it didn't look like it he He was on he was literally right in front of us for the first 45 minutes and I don't think there was one time where Aloy room had to do anything uh, of consequence so again if you get that kind of same same kind of mindset uh heading into this game again give them the ball that's fine but if they can't string anything together then i think you're going to be okay yeah i'm going three one is my prediction for this weekend i won't put you on the spot and say you have to make a prediction because three nil three nil like that we're not allowing a goal great um another another clean sheet yeah for room milos mensa and the boys i like to see that by the way that back pairing those two guys yeah whoa Oh yeah, man. Whoa. Like there's a lot of potential for that to be one of the best pairings in Whoa. MLS. If, if what we saw after one game is any indication, Meredith asked me, she goes, yeah. If, I mean, if you were to get a Jersey of any player right now, who's it going to be? And I was like, oh, I could go Zellerion or Barry or really any of these guys. I think Milos, I'm attaching myself to Milos. Milos is That's your guy. guy. Huh? That's my All guy. Right. I That's like my guy. it. It's beautiful. All right. You'll love to see that. That's it for us next week. We'll be back into champions league discussion in Europe. We'll talk about what's going on in the premier league. Maybe we'll get into that Manchester City beating Peterborough United. That's too bad. And Manchester City ultimately beating United in the Derby on Sunday. That's true. We might talk about that. <laughs> Sorry, to, I didn't want to bring it up. But it's fine. That's all right. We'll get there next week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Bona Beam United. Brought to you by Zaptic Italian Village.